Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is being brought to you by Buffalo Trace Distillery and Birch Sheet Metal. I'll tell you more about them in a bit. Uh, we're going to recap Kentucky's... It was... a. Uh, an exciting win, maybe not the best played game overall, but there were a lot of a lot of crazy storylines. If you, you, no way you would have predicted what what happened in this game. Uh, we're going to discuss that, and then at the end, stay tuned all the way because uh, I got a chance to go one on one with Jamal Baker, breakout star of the game. Yeah, and then a couple of questions with Reed Travis. I asked him directly about his knee, him taking off the brace, and those kind of things. So uh, those will be at the end. But Kyle, let's just start. Um, I guess what I. The Fletcher McGee, zero for twelve. <laughs> yeah, the NCAA's uh, in the in the first round of the tournament against Seton Hall, a pretty good opponent. He was seven of ten, I think, from three. Uh, I know he hit seven of them. He became the NCAA's all-time leading three-point shooter. He hit, he has hit five hundred and nine in his career. Five hundred and nine. Uh, he had made at least four three-pointers in fifteen of his last sixteen games. He had only gone without a made three-pointer one time this entire season. And today he shot 12 and made zero. Including uh, one that was wide open. Yeah, a couple. Well, a couple. Not, not many, but a couple. But most were contested. But that, that, the thing about it is that's his specialty. Like, he's yeah. the guy who hits the crazy threes. And what's crazier to me than Fletcher McGee going over 12 is that the largest reason – other than you know some luck, there's some luck involved when a shooter, the you know the most prolific three point shooter in history, misses twelve in a row. There is some good fortune there for Kentucky. Yeah. But the biggest reason was Tyler Hero, <laughs> and who would have guessed that? And he, you know, well, I actually did a, a like a poll on uh, at Locked on UK on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, Kyle. Like who who do you think they should put on? Um, Zero people chose no, Tyler. Hey, uh, the options obviously were start because it was the starters. So it was Higgins, uh, Johnson, and Hero. Hero came in last. Uh, Higgins was first, but it was Hero who... Yeah, and the thing is, uh, Ashton Higgins said, I talked to Ashton after the game, and he said he had all this confidence. He said, I kept asking him, asking him, do you want to switch? Like, do you want to let me guard him, basically? And Higgins has been their stopper. And Tyler Hero said, no, nah, I got him. And Cal Perry said, you know, he was worried about putting him on McGee because he was afraid they would do what Kentucky kind of ended up doing to McGee, which was run him to death, and it would cost him his offense, which it did. He was two for 11. Like, you... And maybe that's why we don't see Tyler Hero play like that all the time, because it's really hard to defend that way for a full game and have the legs to make shots and the energy to make shots. Tyler Hero himself finished two for 11, but Kentucky will trade that all day Yes, if the guy that you can kill you gets neutralized yep. by your defense. And he said, I, you know, I chased him, I tried to stay connected, I tried to never leave him. He said, I think I left him once or twice. But by and large, and there were a couple open, but by and large, he was with him and... and He's bigger than him. He's you know six five, six six. He's got long arms. You know he had a hand in his face every uh, single time. There were not a lot of open threes. He was, they were making him really work for it. And then I thought also what was interesting is Kentucky clearly had a offense by a defense with offense approach, which was run Tyler Hero on the offensive end all over the floor, run him off screens, make Fletcher McGee 
slam into people, chase Tyler Hero left and right so that he is out of gas on the other end. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of that, a lot of the way he makes shots is like they're these jumping, spinning, they're, they're jump shots. He gets way off the floor to, to shoot his shot. And if you're exhausted, that gets hard to do. A little surprised that they kept having him jack him, you know. I mean, he ends up four from 17 overall, 0 for 12 from three. I guess you just ride with the one that got you there. I mean, you yeah. know, he's their star. And I kept thinking, like, as it was close down the stretch, it would be, you know, Kentucky got up as many as, I think, eight, nine. They got up as many as nine uh, with eight eight forty two to go. Wofford had been up by as many as six in the first half. Um, Didn't, uh, real quick, just because this, this stood out for me, I think – if if you saw this differently, correct me, but Kentucky led for 34 seconds in the first half. Yeah. And had the halftime lead. That yes, was kind of a the, <laughs> the last 34 seconds yeah. of the half. Yeah, they finally got it tied and, and got, I think, Reed Travis hit a couple free throws. Yeah, to, send to them. give them. Um, but when it was kind of close late, I kept thinking, even though he'd missed the first 10, I said, well, because at one point I think there was like a minute to go and Kentucky was up by two. two. And I said, if it's still two, and then and then Reed Travis hit two huge free throws, and uh, Tyler Hero hit a couple. But um, no, sorry, we're getting screamed at by somebody who wants to get us on the shuttle. Um, I kept thinking, if it's if it's a two point game, yeah. Fletcher McGee is going to go and make the the only shot of the game for himself and win the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw I, I saw tons of tons of tons of tons of tweets that were the exact same thought process. We got a little little uh, little background noise there. there yes, was some, <laughs> some Kent Spencer who uh, asked a bad question to Reed Travis and wait, got, what happened? Not really. He just was he was trying to. I ask have Reed, a, I have a bad question. He was trying Reed to Travis ask Reed Travis what Cal said. Uh, at the end of the game, but he didn't say after the game in the locker room. Um, and, like, he asked it, like, three different ways before. Reed was like, just say in the locker room if that's what you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, you shouldn't I heard, be arguing with a Stanford I, graduate, I heard especially big, if you have the intelligence of Kent Spencer. I, ha- I heard a big, meatball. I heard a big <laughs> laugh over there. I'm guessing that's what it was. Uh, yeah. Since we're on this aside, I'll tell my uh, Reed Travis story. Uh, someone asked him uh, – about the fact that Kentucky, and I guess this is true, I, I, don't, I don't know, Kansas City apparently has hosted the most NCAA tournament games of any site ever, okay. and Kentucky has played the most NCAA tournament games in Kansas ever. City? No. Oh, they, oh but played ever, yeah, yeah. But they've never played in Kansas City. I don't know. No I, this was the premise of the question. And uh, Reed kind of just looked at it, and he goes, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you want me to, that's an odd thing to ask because, well, like, what would well, he have possibly have to well, say uh, about it? If, if it would have been, I mean, yeah, like that's that's a that's a swinging for this fences question because if he comes back with okay, the statistical probability yeah, of right. that is, can you give me those numbers real quick? Okay, so Kentucky's played in how many games? And yeah. Kansas City is a, it's like, their fifty eighth. <laughs> if that's true, it's it's their fifty eighth tournament, and they've been to you know whatever twenty some Final Fours. So a lot of longer run. It is kind of amazing if they yeah, ever played but, there. But yeah. So anyway, we've gotten sidetracked here. But <laughs> I don't know where we were going. I you think I think about, I was just you, saying yeah, like no, we we'd wrapped it up. You, it was basically you, we all thought Fletcher McGree was going to hit a three, and it was going to yes, be <laughs> yes. You thought he would hit, he would he'd, he'd go zero for eleven and hit his twelfth, and that would be the game winner. But he didn't. I mean, and he kept trying. He kept shooting to the very end. So a lot of credit to Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're playing without PJ Washington, they were out without him again today. 
He's in the boot or in the cast again today, scooting around. You know, all these guys have talked about. And I guess did we re- did we record our podcast before I published the PJ Washington story? Yesterday? Uh, yes, I can't that, remember. I don't so, think that was in it. Re, you know, yeah, just give a if recap if you haven't seen it on the Athletic. Basically, I talked to PJ Washington's dad, and he said this isn't about you know draft stock. And he was annoyed by the fact that some fans seem to think he's protecting his draft stock, and he said, you know, I would ho- I would suggest that people think more like a parent and not like a fan in this scenario, and like that he wants to play. He said he came back to win a national title, and so not playing is hurting him more than his foot. Um, but the bottom line is until he's healthy, they're not going to play him. And, you know, uh, that it's not about draft stock and it's not about Kentucky. It's about, he said, getting my son healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. Kenny Payne, I got him one-on-one in the locker room and he said, I asked him, um, you know, if you, if you keep winning, if you extend the tournament, do you expect at some point that PJ Washington will play again for you all? And he said, yes, yes, yes. And that this is all about buying time, is yeah. how he called it. Buying time for P.J. to get healthy. Uh, and he said, this is his time. He wants to play, and we want to get him to play. You know, by winning this game narrowly, you get, you know, they don't play again until Friday. It's Saturday as we're recording. It's almost a full week yep. before he's got to go play a game on that foot. If he doesn't, if you try to survive the Sweet 16 game without him, which is another roll of the dice, and and hold him and play him in a rematch with North Carolina, that gives you more than a week uh, to rest him. So um, I'd say there's a, certainly a chance now that we see uh, P.J. Washington. But, to, but if you're going to win a game like this against a team like this without him, one, you need Reed Travis to do exactly what he did, kind of put you on his back. He had another, you know, he had 18 and 9 in the first game. He had 14 and 11 in this game. We talked about some big free throws that he made. Um, mm-hmm. just some kind of grown man plays that he made. You're going to have the recording at the end, but he ripped, he cramped up late in the second half, and he ended up, with I think seven or eight minutes ago, he ended up ripping off the knee brace from his right knee that he's been wearing to protect that knee that he sprained and cost him five regular season games. He said that the weight of that thing started just wearing on him, and he cramped up, and it was causing him to cramp up. He was afraid if he kept it on that he would not be able to survive the cramps and wouldn't be able to finish the game. So he risked it and took it off. I think that says a lot about him. And, you know, I think people uh, will certainly appreciate that effort that he kind of put himself at risk and finished the game, but you're not going to win without that. You're not going to win without some guys doing some things they normally don't do. Jamal Baker. We'll get to that right after this because um, I want to talk about Jamal Baker and Ashton Higgins. Um, but before that, I do want to tell you guys about Buffalo Trace Distillery. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery, you can see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking. Touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace Distillery offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round. So at any point, you can check them out, guys. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and their spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. And if right now, if you mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, you get 10% off of merchandise at the gift shop. So check out Buffalo Trace Distillery. Dot com. So, uh, Jamal Baker. <laughs> Goodness, like, there's always, this happens every tournament, and someone just pops up out of nowhere, and in all honesty, like, 
Jamal Baker was probably the least like this is going to sound he's the least likely guy outside of Johnny David that you would have expected to have be like one of the most important pieces in this game. I like there I don't know how you could over exaggerate how important he was in this game. Yeah, they were down the you know Wofford's largest lead of the game, 6 points with 507 to go. He gets fouled and makes three free throws and cuts that lead in half. The second half, Fletcher McGee is starting to get himself going early in the second half. He started basically trying to score inside instead of outside. Uh, got a couple of those, uh, you know, runners, pull-ups, whatever it was. He scored a couple times. Um, Wofford was up three. Jamal Baker hits the very <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Jamal Baker hits the first three-pointer of the game for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think they started like 0 for 9. Yes. And he makes the first three-pointer of the game. Um so he makes three three-pointers, gets fouled on a three, and makes three three-pointers to cut the lead in half in the first half. Uh, hits the first three of the game to tie the game in the second half. He played really good defense. And, you know, this is a guy who averaged like nine minutes and two points in the regular season. In the NCAA tournament with P.J. Washington out, he has played 41 minutes and scored 15 <laughs> points. That's wild. I mean, you know, and he's, I think, seven of seven at the free throw line. That's unbelievable. In the tournament. So – those are the little things like you look back on, you know, Final Four and championship teams, unless they're just a juggernaut like, you know, we've seen Kentucky have sometimes before. But a lot, of the, a lot of the Final Four and championship caliber teams, when you look back on the run, some random guy yeah. came in. Well, Marcus Lee. I mean, you think about Marcus Lee, the game after – Willie Cauley-Stein gets injured in 2014, and you think, oh, my goodness, like, how are they going to do yeah. this without him? Because that was, an ar- that was already a flawed team. Like, yeah. that was a team that, like, they were an eight seed. Yep. You know, they get past Wichita State. They win a nail-biter, come from behind to win a nail-biter against Louisville, yep. and Willie breaks his leg. And the next game against a really good Michigan team that had been to the Final Four the year before, played in the national championship game the year before, Marcus Lee, who'd done nothing, comes off the bench and has eight like eight points and eight rebounds. Yeah. Everything he everything he did was a like a lob dunk or a putback dunk. Yep. And it was like it was one of those that was like the first of those. Like there was that, then there was you know, if they'd won against North Carolina, no one would ever have forgotten about Isaac, Isaac Humphreys yep. coming out of nowhere, hitting all his shots against Carolina. And then, you know, this isn't quite to that level, but it was no less important. I mean, Jamal Baker hit, had the three-point play and the three-pointer were two of the biggest offensive boosts they had, and then he played defense. Well, and here's what I thought was the most kind of interesting thing about it. Going into the season, if you had to pick uh, – okay, besides Ash, oh, I'm going to sp- specify wing defender because that I'm excluding Haggins here. He's a point guard lockdown guy. If you, if you had to pick a wing defender to like say, okay, who in theory would be the lockdown guy? It'd probably be Keldon Johnson, right? And at the, here we are at the end of this season, you know, in the tournament, and John Calipari is playing offense defense, and instead of Jamal He's, Baker on the offense, Jamal Baker is playing defense, and Kelton Johnson's playing right. the offense. It's like it's just the storyline is just uh, like you wouldn't have even considered it yeah. happening going into this yeah. game. Yeah, and Kelton was really bad today for most of the game, like yeah. really bad with Foul like trouble. Uh, like the middle of the second half, he was my, Kentucky was minus. 17 Ooh. when he was on the floor. He came out. He got his third foul. He sat down. I said, did Kenny say something to you? He said, yeah. He said, basically, you know, the clean version is your team needs you right yeah. now. And he comes back in. He checks back in 
after that third foul, he checks back in. He immediately hits a three, mm-hmm. and then he has, I think, a, like a transition. Or he tips in. There was a play where Reed had a steal. Jamal Baker, another Jamal Baker play, on the fast break, dribbles it behind his back yes. in the break. Yes. Puts up a layup, misses, but Keldon Johnson's trailing the play and tips it in. And, like, that that sequence right there, mm-hmm. the three by Keldon, the steal, the layup, um, that's where you felt like Kentucky took control. Yep. And so – as bad as Kelton Johnson played in a moment where, you know, as Kenny Payne points out, your team needs you, he came up and, and delivered. And he, this uh, after scoring 25 in the uh, opening round game. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the, you mentioned plus minus. Do you know what uh, Jamal Baker's plus minus was at the finished end? At? Finished was it at? Like plus 20? Plus 17. Yeah. I mean, that's. He was, the, here's the crazier stat with 12 minutes to go in the game, he was plus 21. Yeah, when they I mean, were like when they built their, their yeah, biggest league. I, yeah. he, like, I, I mean, in uh, everyone, I mean, most people who kind of follow basketball statistics know the fact that plus minus plus, can be deceiving, yeah, but not a, in this case. No. I mean, like, I think those are about right. I mean, you know, for overall, Keldon Johnson was a, a minus, and and from start to finish, really, Jamal Baker was a plus. Yeah. I, there, he had one bad turnover early, and other than that, no, I didn't see much that he did wrong. Um, I tell you what, I, I want to just, I'm going to throw a couple stats out and uh, mention one funny thing. We're going to get to Ashton Haggins. We didn't get to talk. We're not going to get to him to talk about his the game in this podcast. We'll talk about it on the next one. But um, the first half woes were kind of phenomenal, to be honest. Uh, Kentucky was shooting uh, at one point between like 30 and 35% for the majority of the first half. Um, and at the end of the first half, Hagens and Hero were a combined one for nine. Um, yeah, that's that's not you. That wasn't get, uh, somehow they had the lead. Yeah, um, and you know I tweeted out that if you're Watford, you're like, oh, our star hasn't made a three, <laughs> and if you're Kentucky, like, well, we played Ours terrible. Either, yeah, yeah. And, and in the second half, it basically what boiled down to the game is their star still didn't hit a three, and then Hagens was able to come on, and Hero was yep. able to give just a little bit. I mean, he hit a three, and then he shot a three that hit the backboard. Yeah, um, but the, the side of the backboard. Yeah, that was an interesting but, You know, play. Hagens, though. Well, I told you we are going to talk about him on the next podcast. Well, Kyle. let's at least mention one thing. Okay, He was 4-5 or five at the free throw line, and Kentucky, we've talked about this a bunch over the year. This is Calipari's best free throw shooting team. Yep. 17 of 20 at the free throw line today that was in good. a game that they won – Narrowly, yep. That is a huge number. Seventeen yes. of twenty at the free throw line. Yes, and th- it like is. This, they've got a bunch of guys like Tyler Hero at the end makes that makes you know four free throws. They got all these guys that in the big moment they have all made their free throws, and that it could very much come into play as they try to squeak their way along for however long PJ Washington is out there and beyond. Is no doubt about that. Last thing I want to mention: if you have, I am begging you out there. If you have the video <laughs> Reed or the Travis gift army crawling of Reed Travis army crawling across the floor, that was one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen in my life. Because, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it looked like a, a movie scene where like someone was uh, was knocked out in like a like a fight and was trying to crawl to her gun, like you know, in those <laughs> one of those ridiculous like action thrillers. Yeah, he was. I mean, he laid it all on the line for Kentucky today. I mean, <laughs> he went was l- he? flying across the floor, but, but it was so inefficient. He's well, like, yeah, but I mean, he's a big lumbering guy. I mean, he's not exactly like the picture of fluidity. <laughs> there are a lot of things Reed but, Travis is, but graceful 
It's probably not on the list. But, I mean, just stand up, dude, and go run after the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him that. <laughs> shut up. I shut you up. You tell him that. All right. Uh, right speaking time. of Reed, uh, he'll be in the, the next segment. Um, he uh, interv- got to interview him, and I got to interview Jamal Baker. I want to take a moment and tell you guys about Birch Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Birch Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 different colors, plus galvalume and economy grade with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birchsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H sheetmetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permafelt, sliding door track, and a aluminum frame rails. Birch Sheet Metal is located in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birchsheetmetal.com. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Now it's time for those interviews with Jamal Baker and Reed Travis from the locker rooms. I uh, got to spend almost four minutes with Jamal after his breakout performance and then just about a minute or so with Reed. Uh, during Reed's interview, you'll probably be able to hear the shower kind of going in the background. And once the showers start going, that's that's pretty much my cue to get out of there. So we cut it a little bit short with Reed. Um, but I did want to ask him about uh, his knee and just what it means for him to go on to the Sweet 16 with Jamal. You know, that breakout game he had, he's, he's kind of was really surprising and, and kept Kentucky in that game in the first half, so I wanted to talk to him as well. So here's Jamal Baker. What's this, this kind of been like the last little bit? I mean, you've got head reporters around you this whole time, kind of a breakout star in the second game. Uh, I mean, I've, I've pictured that my whole life, and um, I mean, it's, it's not surprising. I've been working hard, and uh, this is what I envisioned. So uh, I just want to continue to work hard, continue to get better, and uh, I'm just glad we got the win, and uh, I'm able to. I'm just happy that we're able to move on with the team. You said you, you pictured this whole. I mean, is it, is it living up to the picture you kind of built up in your mind? Uh, for sure. I mean. I've been dreaming of things like this my whole life, and that's why I ultimately picked Kentucky to come here to be able to perform on a big stage, and I'm sure that's why everybody picked uh, to come here. So um, it's been a great experience for me, definitely a tough experience, um, but we're not we're not done yet, so I just want to uh, just continue to be ready, and hopefully we're, we're all ready to be able to play next game and, and hopefully win. You talk about you know that tough experience. There's been a couple of uh, you know DMPs for you throughout the season. How did you stay prepared for this moment? I mean, this is the biggest stage you guys been on all season. My family, for sure. My family, the players, everybody helping me and just uh, just telling me to continue to get through it. And uh, I've just been working hard for sure. And all my my family, they just continue to tell me to stay strong. Players continue to tell me to stay strong. So I just want to. I've just been working hard and trying to make an impact whenever I get on the floor. I mean, what what do you? Is there any like? things you do is it just getting back to the gym or anything like that when you're staying strong you know when you're, you're not getting in as much playing time as obviously you probably like uh definitely working working hard to get better no matter what's going on you continue after you have to work hard and, and continue to make yourself better and not dwelling on uh not playing and things like that because ultimately everybody in this room is a really good player and we're just all at a really great school so i mean i just have to work hard continue to be ready and i know i'm capable of it defensively this game I thought at the end uh, correct me if I'm wrong but you were going in defensively right mm-hmm. 
I mean, you know, this is a talking point for you and Tyler all year long. It's like, you guys are shooters, but you're more than shooters. Now you're being, both of you, after this game, are kind of being lauded for your defense. How good does that feel? Uh, feels good. Feels good. I know we're both capable of it, for sure. And uh, whenever I got in, whenever I was with Tyler, we just continue, uh, we just continue to talk to each other. And... Uh, and we just need we just know we needed to lock down for sure to win the game. No, I, I think I asked Tyler this in the, the pregame. You guys watched him tape on Walford, saw what McGee did today. You know, he took 12. You guys didn't let him make any. Is any kind of you shooters on the perimeter say, hey, coach, why don't you let us take that many threes out there? <laughs> I mean, that would for sure be fun. Definitely. <laughs> It'd be fun to take those threes. And I'm sure we would hit some too. But, um, I mean, it was, it was a great game. He's a great shooter, and we just wanted to make a tough one out what do you think of Johnny Davis's uh, interviewing skills? Oh, I love it. He's great at it. He's great at it. Uh, they're funny. <laughs> they're fun. Hear that? Say, so what do I think of your interviewing skills? I said they're great. They're incredible. Oh, best. Best. I mean, so, so, like, of all the reporters in here, he's, he's number one, right? Number one. Yes. Landslide. Landslide. No offense. I mean, you're, you're a good reporter, too. But Johnny... Oh, <laughs> leveled up. Can't believe Jamal has uh, Johnny David ranked ahead of me in the re- reporter rankings. Um, I'm going to have to step up my game and, and try to try to, you know, get ahead of him. But you know, Johnny, Johnny's good, and he's got a, he's got a, quite a team with him. I mean, T.J. Beisner, it's it's really not fair to be honest. If we're going to be 100 percent honest, it's not fair that, that Johnny gets T.J. Beisner and I'm I'm kind of riding solo. So that's not not the most equal footing. So all right, let's jump in uh, real quick and let you guys hear from a Reed Travis. A couple quick. Um, like, what does it mean going to the Sweet 16 for you? It means a lot. I mean, uh, this is all new to me, so I'm just enjoying every step of it. Just trying to live in the moment as we we keep on advancing. But I mean. Every win, it's just a new experience for me. I'm just trying to just soak it all in. Has it been a readjustment these last two games without PJ? You know, he was a little bit of the focal point, and now it seems like a lot of things are running through you again. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that uh, earlier in my college career that I had the responsibility of that and kind of played off of PJ more while he was in. But just trying to be aggressive, I mean, until he comes back, just trying to do what I can as far as just giving us production down low. And then the knee, uh, you took the brace off at some point, just kind of what happened all there? I was cramping up, uh, didn't feel great, didn't feel like I could move the way I wanted to, especially with that caliber of game, so kind of just took it on myself to take it off. Um, knock on wood, everything worked itself out, so I was kind of happy that my knee was strong enough to get me through the game. You feeling all good now? Yeah, I feel great now. There you go. So that's Reed on his knee. Um, going forward, I thought you know that was kind of a lot of people were were interested in that during the game. So you heard it from the man himself. Uh, Want to tell you guys that you know you might if you're a new listener to this. Thanks for listening. One, um, two, uh, you better subscribe because you're going to get one at all. All the talk uh, we're having through the tournament. So, however you listen, if it's on the Himalaya Podcast app, which is a new partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, wherever, hit that subscribe button. Um, and then, once you're subscribed, it'll be automatically beamed right to your device. Uh, and along those lines, you know, once you get in your car um, on your morning on the way to work, just tell your smart speaker in your car, play podcast locked on kentucky and boom it's firing up and you don't even have to think about it. it's easy to routine to get into and we'd really appreciate it also if you're a new listener well we also would love for you to rate the rate the podcast and review it those really help in the metrics and it makes it more visible and obviously with this time of the year in the ncaa tournament 
Uh, we'd love to be at the top so more people can listen and we can kind of grow this thing. Um, it's been awesome so far. So uh, anything you can do, just rate, review, subscribe, and then uh, also share. That's the most important thing because if you share it, uh, that means more than anything else uh, you could do. Um, thanks again to Bird Sheet Metal and Buffalo Trace for sponsoring this edition of the show. Follow along on social. Find us at Locked On UK on Twitter. Just search Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Read his work on The Athletic. You can find me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B U R C H. Uh, and you can read and view uh, my work, mostly video interviews, on BigBlueInsider.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.